Well, good morning, church family, and thank you, Kevin and Judy, for, for reading our passage this morning. Uh, my name's Jake. I'm one of the pastors here and just want to welcome you. Uh, glad you were able to join us here online as we, as we worship God together in our, in our living rooms or wherever you may find yourself. I um, want to extend a special welcome. If you are newer with us, if you've been just watching for the last couple weeks, just want to extend a special welcome to you. Glad you're able to watch us. So hopefully when we are able to gather again in person that you would join us uh, here in person. We'd love to meet you, connect with you. Please let us know um, if there's ways in which we can pray for you. You can do that again through our online campuses. Pastor Brian mentioned earlier. And again, want to just push all of us to that online campus for resources and study questions and stuff for your families and giving and prayer requests and all those things. So make sure you check that out, limacrossroads.org, and you can click online campus and be able to access all that stuff there. Well, I am excited uh, to share with you what God's kind of placed on my heart this morning. We are in the third week of this series, I Am, where we're kind of camping out in the Gospel of John and looking at the I Am statements that Jesus makes. And over the last two weeks, Pastor Brian has talked about, I am the light and I am the gate. And you can go back to our website, you can check those out if you're interested in those. But this morning, I'm going to be talking about the I Am statement of, I am the good shepherd that Jesus says. Now, Pastor Brian said this the last couple of weeks, but it's good for us to realize and to know this, is that these I am statements are not just um, statements he's making, but it's also a, a kind of a, a declaration of his, of his divinity and his eternal nature. Uh, the, the phrase I am held really great significance within the Jewish community, and so we have this um, idea of Jesus revealing himself as the I am, just as God revealed himself as the I am to Moses at the burning bush. And so my hope for us this morning, uh, specifically, and for this entire series, is that these just wouldn't be things that would, these words wouldn't just be knowledge, that we can kind of tuck it in the back of our mind to be able to kind of pull out when we're having conversations with people or um, whatever it may be, but they would be words that would begin to sink down deep into our hearts, and they would transform us, and they would, they would call us and, and, and make us grow in our worship and our thankfulness of, of God as we learn about who he is. And so this morning, as we kind of dive into this, this statement, I am the good shepherd, um, to, to see what that may have for us, I just want to pause and I just want to pray quickly. Jesus, thank you for these moments that we have together, God, as we begin to dive into your word. I pray that the words would come alive to us, that they would make their homes in our heart and they would uh, transform us from the inside out. We uh, just surrender to your leadership. We submit to you, and we ask that you do whatever it is you want to do. We thank you, and we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, I am, or amen, not I am. <laughs> so we have Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. And it's really interesting he says this for a couple reasons. And before we kind of dive into this passage a little bit, I want us to kind of get context from uh, the entire, entire scripture and in kind of where we find ourselves and what moment we find ourselves here. And first, as we look at the entire scripture context of this I am the good shepherd, there, were, there was a moment earlier in scripture, way back at the prophet Ezekiel, and Ezekiel gets a message from God where God reveals himself as the true shepherd. It's found in Ezekiel 34, and it's a really interesting passage. And it and as Jesus is talking to the Pharisees during this moment, they would, they would be thinking of this passage as God revealing himself as the true shepherd. And as, as much as I wish I could have 
dive, dive into that text a little bit and, and talk about those things. I simply just don't have the time. But if you go to our online campus, there will be some further study there that you can kind of dive into that passage a little bit more and, and kind of wrestle with that. And so that's the first thing we need to understand is that Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd, is really kind of uh, hearkening back to the prophet Ezekiel where he gets a message from God who says God, God calls himself the true shepherd. Uh, and also, another thing that we need to take note of here is the context that we find ourselves in. Jesus goes from talking about being the gate directly to being the shepherd. And I think this is really important for us to understand. Because just like Pastor Brian talked about last week, there is only one gate. And for us this morning, kind of what we need to understand is that there's only one shepherd also. Um, see, we kind of have this tendency and temptation to kind of place ourselves in the middle of the story. Uh, we, we tend to think that the scripture is kind of a roadmap or, or a thing that we can kind of pull life lessons or, or skill development or leadership development kind of thing. And, and there may be a place for that. But the primary purpose of this passage right here is to reveal the nature of God. And so we kind of need to push against this idea, and it's tempting for us in this one specifically because this is the only I am statement Jesus makes that's connected to another human being. He says, I am the good shepherd, right? And, and the other ones are uh, like, I am the light, I am the gate, I am the way, the truth, the life, uh, the bread, the resurrection. Those are, those are kind of ideas, but the, the moment he says, I am the good shepherd, I think we get this temptation and this tendency to say, oh, we're supposed to be like this, so now we need to be the good shepherd too, and I want us to push against that a little bit this morning and just kind of maybe take a step back and maybe just kind of um, fall in love and be in awe of Jesus, the good shepherd. Because I, I, which leads me to the first point I would like to make this morning is that the primary call of the gospel is to follow. It is to follow. Jesus begins to say that, that he is the good shepherd, and, and he goes on to say that he is the one shepherd. And so we have to understand where we fall in this story is that we are not the shepherd. We are the sheep, and the sheep are called to follow. See, unfortunately, we've created a, a Christianity or a version of Christianity where leadership has kind of risen to the top as the most important thing, when in fact, followership is what we're called to. We're called to follow. And so we have to kind of wrestle with this, and Jesus makes it very explicit here. He makes it very explicit by saying, I am the shepherd. Because they would, they would have realized within the context of, of talking here that Jesus is saying that this is the one shepherd. We're not talking about how we can have all these different kinds of shepherds, but the one good shepherd. And so as we kind of dive into this, I, I, we have to understand that the primary call of the gospel is to follow. And Jesus makes it very explicit here in this passage. But not only in this passage does he make that explicit. He makes it explicit throughout the Gospels. In Luke chapter 9, he says, If anyone would come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Now, don't get me wrong. There is, there is a place for leadership in the life of a Jesus follower. But leadership must be prioritized within the greater call and the primary call to follow Jesus. And so we have, to, we have to begin with kind of these, these ideas or these thoughts. 
this initial thought that it is our call, the primary call for us is to follow. And as we learn to put our attention and focus our eyes on our good shepherd, I want to suggest to you three things this morning that, that should captivate our hearts about our good shepherd. And the first one is that he, he loves us. And I know this seems kind of elementary and something we say all the time, but I don't think we can say it enough. In fact, he, he, um, before we started reading in verse 14, in verse 11, he, he starts and says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. He goes on to say that he, he loves the sheep. Now, if we think back to the story of Scripture and how kind of Scripture has unfolded up to this moment, right, we, we can look back specifically, let's think of the, the Passover moment in Exodus where the Israelite people are in Egypt enslaved and there comes this last kind of plague where the angel of death was supposed to come over the, the town and, and the way in which the Israelites were protected from this were by killing a sheep, killing a lamb, and putting the blood over their doorposts. And this is what kept them safe. And Jesus comes and says, I'm willing, I love the sheep, so I'm willing to lay down my life for them. I want us to see the, the switch that's happened here, because now the sheep aren't dying for the shepherd like it was in the Old Testament. The sheep are not dying for the shepherd. Jesus is saying, now the shepherd will die for the sheep. And it changes everything. It changes everything. And I think Paul says it best, in his letter to the, to the Romans, he says, But God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ dies for us. While we were still sinners, the shepherd, the good shepherd, dies for the sheep. You know, it's interesting because if you go on and if you read verse 14, and how he, how he um, kind of qualifies those who are a part of his flock is is this idea of knowing him. And so we have this idea that Jesus loves us and we should be captivated by that daily. And he loves us not, and he's willing to lay down his life for us. And it's not in a way so that he can gain power over us, a rule over us, but so that he can have a relationship with us. And so his love leads us into this loving relationship with him, not in this um, keeping rules and living a certain way and thinking a certain way kind of thing, but in this relationship, which leads me to my second point, and is that he knows us. And the fact that he is willing um, to have a relationship with us, it's interesting, like we said earlier, he, he kind of qualifies or he kind of um, explains or defines those that are a part of his flock as those that know him, and he knows them. And way, where it may be comforting for us, Right there in verse 14, it says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And it's comforting that we can, own, we can know Jesus. However, what's more comforting is that Jesus knows us. That we're not following some distant God out there, but we're following a very near shepherd that is leading and guiding us. And when he says that he knows us, he's not just saying he acknowledges our existence where he sees that we're there. When he says that he knows us, he knows our needs, he knows our desires, our longings, our dreams, our fears, our insecurities, our shortcomings. He knows all those things. And so we can, we can rest assured that as we follow the shepherd, as we follow the good shepherd, we will be well taken care of. 
in the last series, we, we kind of spent some time looking at Psalm 23, and I think it's good for us to remember again in Psalm 23, verse 1, David says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We don't want because we know that Jesus knows us. It's not just about us knowing him. He knows us. He knows what we need. He knows what we desire. He knows what we are longing for. And as the good shepherd, he will tend to those things. And as we learn to put our our focus and our attention on him, we will learn that everything we need, everything we desire is found in him. And that he meets every need, every longing, every shortcoming, every insecurity, every fear is found in our good shepherd that leads and guides us. Which leads us to our our third point here. The three things that, that will captivate us about our good shepherd. He loves us, he knows us, and finally, he unifies us. Jesus kind of flips things uh, upside down again in verse 16. He says, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Now, this, this goes against everything that the, the people listening would have, would have thought, because they would have thought that the, the Messiah or this person coming was just for the Jewish community. And Jesus is saying, no, this isn't how it works is that there are people outside the fold, outside this Jewish community that we will reach out to. He's talking about the Gentile people. And I think this is why it's so important for us to keep the idea of Jesus being the gate and Jesus being the shepherd together because as Jesus is the gate, he's not just a stationary thing that he's waiting for people to come to him and say, I have this life, you know, I need you to come to me, I need you to come to me. But he's also the shepherd who is willing to go and find you and lead you to the life of abundance that he promises. And this is what he's talking about. As he, there are others outside the fold that I will go and get. I will also go and get them. And it's really interesting. He calls us to be unified. He calls us to be unified under his leading and under his guiding. We aren't unified by the way we talk. We're not unified by the way we think or act or even the way that we vote. We are unified by a one singular good shepherd that he says, one flock, one shepherd. And it's interesting as we kind of, if we would jump ahead a few chapters in John, we get to this place in, in John 17 where Jesus is praying for um, just kind of people. He's praying for his, himself. He's praying for his disciples. And then he says this thing that, that he will pray for those who will come to know him because of the disciples' message, which is essentially he's praying for you and I. And I want us just to hear his words, his prayer for us that he says himself. And he says in John 17, verse 23, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. He says that his will for us is that we would experience the perfect unity. See, the shepherd has an influence over the flock. And Jesus, in his nature, it has perfect unity with the Father and with the Spirit. And he invites us into that unity, not only with him, but with one another. And so when we are able to focus our attention on the Good Shepherd, our hope is that we can be captivated and in awe of the way that He loves us, the way that He knows us, and the way that He unifies us. 
Now, throughout this series, we've been asking you to create a sacred space in your home, a place where you can put uh, physical things to, to remind you of who Jesus is. And so over the last weeks, we've asked you to put a candle there to remind you that he is light. We've asked you to create um, some kind of gate to remind you that he is the gate. This morning, what we'd like you to, to add to that collection is just, uh, just a small cotton ball. And let's let this cotton ball kind of represent a sheep. And let it have kind of two, two thoughts or two representations for us to be reminded of. And the first one is that the primary call of the gospel is to follow. That we are sheep to follow the good shepherd. And the second one is to remind us that, that the good shepherd, he loves us, he knows us, and he unifies us. And as we pay attention and focus our attention on, on the good shepherd, may our hearts be more captivated by the one we follow. Will you pray with me? Jesus, again, we're thankful for these moments that we have to be able to worship you, even though we're not able to gather. And we are just in awe and captivated by who you say you are, that you are the good shepherd. Help us to grow in following you. May we submit to you and surrender to you and to your leadership. Help us to, to just be captivated by your love once again. Help us to, to rest easy to know that we are well taken care of because you know us better than we know ourselves. And help us to begin to see each other as one unified flock under one leader. God, we, we just surrender to you and we are in awe of you. And we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.